An economic earthquake is coming, and John Carter has the facts to prove it. Will America's deficit bring about the collapse of the present world order? What happened in the ill-fated Weimar Republic, and how does it affect us? Does Bible prophecy reveal our future? Now, here's John Carter with the answers. Today, we're talking about the coming economic earthquake. This is part two of the series. If you missed the first part, then you need to write to us. And also, uh, we have a brochure on this, and you can write to us and you can get some of these facts, not all of them by any means, but you can, you can get some of these facts in this newsletter that is called The Coming Economic Earthquake, which is about the uh, tremendous deficit in the United States of America, basically. Now, in the last program, after talking about the possible collapse of the world economy, we asked this pertinent question, what shall we do? And the first point was, let us have faith in God, because if we have faith in God, we really have got nothing to fear. And we gave you some texts. But we're going to come now to the second answer to that question, what shall we do in light of these tremendous developments? And here it is, we should join another party. <laughs> and I'm not talking politics today because we're not into politics. We're not talking, we're not saying anything derogatory of the Republican Party or the Democratic Party or any other party. But I have a suggestion to make to you if you want to survive, you and I need to join another party. And the text is Matthew 19, uh, 28 and 29. I'm going to take my Bible. Here it is. Matthew 28. Matthew, no, not Matthew 19 and verse 28. So Jesus said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, that in the regeneration when the Son of Man sits on the throne of his glory, you who have followed me, he's talking to his disciples, will also sit on 12 thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my name's sake shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. Now, listen to this, my friend. The Bible says, Jesus says, when you put God first, you're going to be a hundred times better. The Bible makes the, the extraordinary claim that even if and when the world economy collapses, if you've joined the party of the Lord Jesus Christ, you are going to be safe and you are going to be secure. Listen, with God, we shall prosper even when the banks fail, which they shall, and when the dollar, the mighty dollar, is worth half a cent. Therefore, decide now to join the party of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be safe and secure. Number three, this is picking up from where we left off in the, in the first segment. Number three, get out of debt. I can't get out of debt. 
It's the American way. I say, on the authority of Scripture, get out of debt. Look at Psalm 50 and verse 12. Psalm 50, verse 12. God says, if I were hungry, I wouldn't tell you, for the world is mine and all its fullness. This means God owns everything. And if you belong to God, you will never go hungry. God will take care of you. Then Haggai chapter 2 and verse 8. Haggai 2 and verse 8. The silver is mine, God says. The gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. This means God owns everything. I don't need to be afraid and have sleepless nights thinking about the deficit. Remember, my friend, in 2008, when the, what the banks did to millions of decent, good Americans. The banks got millions of decent Americans into, into home loans, and when the banks failed, you know what the banks did? They threw the people out on the streets. You say, no, 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 no. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. The banks threw the people out on the streets. We should be slave to no one, including Bank of America, Citibank, Bank of the West, Wells Fargo, etc., etc. You see, I belong to God and God wants me to be free of debt. Now come over here to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse 1. Deuteronomy 28 verse 1. Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. The Bible says if you and I obey God, he's going to put us over all of the nations of the earth and therefore I will not be a slave to any man. Deuteronomy 28 verses 2 and 3. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the country. If you follow God, he's going to load you down with blessings. Look at Deuteronomy 28 and verse 4. Deuteronomy 28 verse 4. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flocks. God is going to bless you in every different part of your life. Deuteronomy 28 and verse 7. These verses are written for people who obey God. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated. That crooked attorney uh, going to be defeated before your face. They shall come against you one way and flee before you seven ways. Either we are going to believe in God or else we're going to become unbelievers. I choose today to believe in God. I choose to believe. With God's help, I tell you, we can be debt-free. Now, here's a text in Proverbs, chapter 10, verse 22. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich. People say, this must be prosperity gospel. Now, this is Bible talk, folks. This is telling you what the Bible says. Don't be afraid of the great promises of God. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. So if you go along to the bank, they'll give you a loan and they'll add sorrow to it. <laughs> but when God gives you a blessing, it's only blessing. 
Um, I know what I'm talking about. My parents went through the Great Depression in Australia. I don't know if any of you folks know what I'm talking about. The world economy collapsed once. The way it's going now, it's going to be a hundred times worse. And people are sound asleep and the politicians want to keep you asleep. They want to treat us like a bunch of dopes. (laughs) They want us just to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they want to brainwash us. But we had this great depression. My father in Australia with my mother had a little shop. They told me the time came when they had one thing left in the shop, in the window, (laughs) a pumpkin. Nothing left. They lost the shop. My father got on his Harley, drove around all that part of south, uh, southern Queensland, southwest Queensland. Went farm after farm. Can I have a job? No, we got, we got nothing. We got nothing. It seemed almost everybody seemed to be out of a job. The government said, we'll put you on the dole. I don't know if Americans know what the dole is. It's like a little bit of welfare. My father had to walk about 20 miles to get 17 shillings and sixpence, $1.75 in today's currency. But a loaf of bread was only five cents. And so he had to walk 20 miles and he had to walk 20 miles back. He had a wife, two little little girls. They didn't have enough food to feed the little babies. My mother had shown kindness to a Chinese market gardener years before. And he came to my mother and said, Mrs. Carter, here are some tomato seeds. Ponderosa tomato seeds. My mother, a woman of faith, planted the Ponderosa tomato seeds. And they went crazy. People came from all over that part of Australia to buy cases of these Ponderosa tomatoes. They just bloomed and bloomed and bloomed and That's how they bought milk for the children. That's how they had food. I want you to know, even when the economy falls to pieces, we have faith in God and we will not be afraid. God will provide our needs. Now let me tell you why. People wonder how we do this. The Carter Report ministry, not a big ministry. We're a little ministry, but we do big things. I'd rather be a little ministry that does big things than a big ministry that does little things, you see. And there are lots of people who are talking a lot and doing little things. But we hire some of the biggest stadiums in the world. India, this is El Salvador, uh, Russia, the biggest stadiums. St. Petersburg, the biggest stadiums in the country. And we do it, my friend, starting with no money. People say, well, how do you get the money? You belong to a a wealthy church, they say. You belong to a a wealthy denomination. Uh, They pay for it all, don't they? (laughs) Come now. We get this much from our church organization. But God says he'll bless us if we do his will and he moves upon the hearts 
of people in America and Australia around the world and they send their money and it preaches the gospel. So I know what I'm talking about. I've seen the blessing of God. I've had people say to me, you can't do it. You're going to get yourself into trouble. Only time we get into trouble is when we disobey God. Now today, I'm talking about the coming financial earthquake. And for those who've just tuned into this program, I want you just to have a look at this. Over here, you've got the Weimar Republic that was set up after the First World War. There you've got the German mark that used to be the same as a dollar. But after this period of time, up here in 1923, it started in 1919, at the end, halfway through that year, you had to take 4,210,500,000,000 marks to make a dollar. And people were starving. People were starving. And the German government was borrowing. Ever heard of that? Oh, governments are not so stupid. Yeah, borrowing. And you know what they were doing? They were just printing the money. And the German people believed their leaders and voted 90% for Hitler. Because these huge deficits often bring about a collapse of society and the coming of a dictator. I want you to look here at the American deficit. Starting here, everybody seems to be to blame. We're not talking parties here because all parties have been drunk on money. You say, not my party. Hey, come on, friend. Think. Just do some thinking. Just do some thinking about this. I ask you in the name of God. Now we've got a deficit of $20,000 billion, the greatest debt in the history of the world. Not only the greatest debt in the history of America, the greatest debt in the history of the world. And they say, this is the tip of the iceberg. And soon, in the next few years, it'll go, if we're blessed, to 26 trillion. That is, if we don't have a war. Borrowing and printing money. Unless the President and the Congress act soon to rein in this orgy of spending, there will be a financial collapse. Not if, but when Washington and other places are drunk on money and the people are sleeping and want to sleep. Remember the German Weimar Republic. Imagine spending $1 million in the morning for a loaf of bread and $2 million for the same loaf that afternoon. And you've got to take a wheelbarrow. And then you've got to get a truck. I want to show you where the events are pointing. I want you to come over here to the prophecy of Ezekiel 7 and verse 19. I want you to think about this. If this wakes you up, I'm glad. If this wakes you up to say, I want to trust in God and not trust in man, I'm glad. Ezekiel 7, 
They will throw their silver into the streets and their gold will be like refuse. Their silver and their gold will not be able to deliver them. In the day of the wrath of the Lord, they will not satisfy their souls nor fill their stomachs because it became the stumbling block of their iniquity. Many years ago in Australia, I heard a great preacher describe this day. He said, I imagine a young man comes down to breakfast. We will call him John, seeing it's such a good name. He comes down to breakfast and his wife says, John, what's wrong with you? You look terrible. He says, I don't know what's wrong with me. I just feel the doom of the damned. I heard a preacher talk about it once and I closed my ears. Then he thinks to himself, I know what it is. It's because I put my money before God, like most of us. He thinks if I can get rid of my money, I will feel okay. So he runs upstairs and he goes to a safe where he's got his silver and his gold and his jewelry. He gets it all. He runs out in the street. And in the street, there are people running everywhere in the street. Vast, lost crowd, people running everywhere. And John takes the silver and the gold and he throws them into the street in the midst of the crowd. And nobody stops to pick it up. It's the stumbling block of their iniquity. One day, we're going to get smart and we're going to realize that the most important thing is not money, it's God. Our relationship with God. Many years ago, I'm told there was a woman who was given a job in a big silk mill. And the supervisor said, young lady, this silk is hard to tangle. Uh, Don't mess with it. If it um, starts to tangle, don't try to straighten it out. It's like us. We let it get tangles and it gets worse. He said, don't try to straighten it out. There's a button. Push me. I will come. Remember. Don't try to straighten it out. He was gone for a minute, started to tangle. She thought, I can't call him now. He'll think I'm, I'm a fool. So like us, she tried to straighten out the mess. The more she tried to straighten out the mess, the worse it got. And finally, when it was just a hopeless Mass and mess or tangled threads. She pressed the button. And the man came running and he said to her, he said, why didn't you call me? She said, sir, I did my best. He said, young lady, the best thing you could have done was to call for me. You know the best thing we can do? Hey, best thing for you and for me to do is to get off for a little while off the cell phone. You know, people are addicted. Cell phone addicts, they can't go anywhere. They can't go out to eat. You see them. Recently, saw a lady with a little boy having breakfast. He had earphones, watching a violent video, Oh, bang, bang, bang. Here's the mother sitting there. 
Yeah. He's not eating, so she pushes him a few scrambled eggs. Don't laugh about it. It's an addiction as bad as heroin. It destroys the mind. People can't think. Can only think in one or two sentences. You know what's happening to them? They're getting ready to be deceived by the Antichrist. 90% of the Germans, yeah, he's our guy. It is the stumbling block of their iniquity. The best thing you and I can do is to call God, repent of our sins, and ask Christ to come into our hearts. That's the best thing we can do. Repent of our sins. Now come with me to Matthew 24, verse 21 and 22. Matthew 24, for then there'll be great tribulation such as has not been since the beginning of the world until this time, no, nor ever shall be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. So there comes a time of trouble when the elect are on the earth. Matthew 24, verse 29 to 31. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heaven will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the heavens and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory and he will send his angels with a great shout, the sound of a trumpet and they will gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. My friend, I'm just a plain, simple person. I don't like being brainwashed by preachers or politicians. This verse tells me that after the great tribulation, Christ comes. Now, with an apology to my evangelical friends, my Pentecostal friends, who believe that the elect are raptured home to glory and they don't see the tribulation. I don't buy it. Because the Bible says the elect are on the earth during the great tribulation and after the tribulation, Christ comes and saves them. That's not to offend my friends, but I have to tell you what I believe and hope we're still friends. The coming of Christ is after the tribulation. The elect are on the earth. Many years ago, when I was 19 years of age with my wife, Beverly, who was then my girlfriend, we traveled from Avondale College down to Sydney to hear an American preacher whose hair was blowing in the wind, who had a crowd of 200,000 they told him it could never happen. And he had a Bible and he was saying, the Bible says, the Bible says. He preached on the second coming of Christ. Then he told the story of Napoleon Bonaparte after the Battle of Waterloo. After the Battle of Waterloo, when he was defeated by the British, Napoleon with some of his generals got a map of Europe 
and he looked at the map of Europe and he pointed to England, which was the one red spot, and he said, but for that one red spot, I would have conquered the whole world. And Billy Graham went on to say, after Calvary, when Satan was defeated at the cross, Satan got all the hosts out of hell and they stood around and they looked at this world and Satan pointed to Calvary and he said, you know it, but for that one red spot, I would have conquered the whole world. I may not have even decided to be a preacher and evangelist if it had not been for the ministry of this man. But for that one red spot, I would have conquered the whole world. I say to you what he said to me and 200,000, you and I need to come to Christ and we need to do it with our souls and we need to repent of our sins because none of us are going to be saved as we hold on to our sins. If we come to Christ and if we repent of our sins and if we are born again, uh, the Bible says, the Bible says, if we do this, there is glory ahead for the elect. There's glory ahead for those who trust in Christ. Listen to me. The clock is ticking. The churches and the politicians seem to be asleep, but God has given us a message. And today we accept that message and we accept that Christ and we do so in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 In this series, John Carter will provide the answers to life's most interesting questions. Seven great signs of the apocalypse. If the dead are unconscious, who are the beings that pretend to be the dead? Is there such a person as the devil? What is the essence of Antichrist? What is the root cause of this deadly malaise? America was founded by people who were opposed to the union of church and state. But if there's a God who loves us, then the future is bright with promise. For a gift of $100 US, or 140 Australian. This 13 DVD series, Prophecy Speaks, will be yours. Call the number or visit our website. Do you sometimes get lost in the crowd? Do you feel there's just no love in the room? Like everybody's against you? You're all alone with no one to lean on. Do you need a word of encouragement? Do you know God? Have you tried prayer? Pastor Carter would like to pray for you now. Let us pray. Call 1-800-526-9777. Nothing to buy, the call is free. Call 1-800-526-9777.
1.3 billion people live in India. 200 million of these are Dalits, formerly called untouchables. 100% of your gift will go to fund projects for Dalit girls as an alternative. Your gift of $600 will educate, clothe, and feed one Dalit girl between 5 and 15 years of age for one full year. Go to carterreport.org or to the address on the screen. For a copy of today's program, please contact us at P.O. Box 1900, Thousand Oaks, California, 91358. Or in Australia, contact us at P.O. Box 861, Terrigal, New South Wales, 2260. This program is made possible through the generous support of viewers like you. We thank you for your continued support. May God richly bless you.